Hello and welcome to Living to Please God. This is Oasis Summer School, um, July 2008. We decided that uh, we would turn our attention to pursuing the heart of God for a week. Instead of going on holiday, we were challenged to set time aside to rest in the Lord, read the word and pray, and get lost in God's love for us. We found that this was a way to be refreshed in a way that no holiday ever could and that it was time well spent. What you're going to hear now are the guidelines that I gave people to enable them to connect with God. They're just pointers and all the work was done by them with the Lord on their own. So we started with a word for 2008 and we're more than halfway through now. Uh, so how much more urgent it is when we hear that, what this word was about. It says this, acceleration, new beginnings, acceleration, new beginnings, acceleration, new beginnings, increase. There will be a great acceleration in all the things of the Spirit in your lives this year. By the end of the year you will look back and wonder who you were even at the beginning of the year. That's how much and how rapid the changes in you will be. There will be events, situations and circumstances that will make it difficult for you to focus on me. They will be major. However, they are simply distractions and my true bride will stay focused on me. Stay focused and in deep intimate relationship with me and you'll be fine. I'm calling my true bride to be a trumpet. It's time to wake up a sleeping church, a sleeping giant. That is what you're called to do this year. Speak to them, poke at them, and if they receive you, good. If not, move on and continue waking up the sleeping ones. This is a serious time, but it's also a time for the bride to be joyful, at rest and at ease. Work out of rest not out of labour. I warned those who were here that I wasn't going to spare them this week for their own good because it's not going to get any easier. Choices, even small ones, are going to make a difference to where we stand on the day of battle. So you all listen up. God is going to speak to you. Take the beams out of your ears, beloved. Hear what your lover is saying. There is always a battle for intimacy. The devil hates it. All sorts of things will be put in your way as soon as you decide to spend time with God. But you need to push through and keep that time aside with him. Because an intimate relationship with God intimidates the enemy. By now you'll have seen that this week is going to be about getting you to really engage with God. You'll be spending much time in secret with Jesus alone. The pace of the week was slow to enable everyone to go at the pace that was right for them. And I want to emphasise that this is all about your walk, your relationship with him. Please don't try to duck out or run away from what he pinpoints needs addressing because he'll keep confronting you with the issue until you comply. So those of you who are listening uh, on CD, 
this is going to be just as powerful for you because you're set aside time to listen to what he's got to say. So I gave a passage of scripture that I wanted the folk to meditate on during the course of the week. I didn't load them up with a, a lot of stuff because what I was seeking to achieve was to enable them to take away something with them, principles about walking closely with God that they could put into practice when they got home. It wasn't an adrenaline high followed by an adrenaline low. It was about developing a close walk with the Lord and sustaining that closeness in the pressure of everyday life in order that we may live to please him only. So what is pleasing to him? that you may live in all that Jesus won for you on the cross, that you may achieve a place of peace and rest and live from there. It's quite simple. But to do that, it's necessary that you withdraw inside and out from the business and pressure of everyday life. One day of the week I taught, and that was on something called the rule of life, and we'll look at that later on. The scripture for the week and the one that I want you, the listener, to read and reread until you get something out of it is Genesis 32:24. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. The question for you in this first session is, are you wrestling with God? Looking back on your spiritual journey, can you see where you've wrestled and held out against him? So the first thing is for you to do a review. Don't you do it. Allow the Holy Spirit to take you through how you could have done things differently. What he's been trying to achieve when he took you through certain circumstances in your life. It's called retrospective revelation. It's good when we come to the place where we can see in the situation what God's doing rather than have to do a backward look and get the uh, RIC moment. But if you haven't got the RIC moment, uh, then you need to do retrospective revelation. So take your time, be led by the Spirit. It's His agenda, and above all, enjoy. So, you've done your review. You've worked through that. If you haven't, don't stop. Keep going with what God is doing and saying, and take no notice of me. Looking at Jacob still, it wasn't until he came to the end of his plans that God could bless him. How slow are you to come to the end of your plans and see the better way that God has for you? Good, better, best. We cannot enter the profound truths of God unless we relinquish control. Because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. 1 Corinthians 15.50 Smith Wigglesworth said the glory is never so wonderful as when we realise our helplessness, throw down our sword and surrender the authority of our lives to God. Not my will, but thine. Looking at Jacob, he experienced 21 years of wandering, fighting and struggling in his own particular wilderness before he met with the angel and was wrestled to surrender. Force me to render up my soul, then I shall captive be, an old hymn says. Good, better, best. What's his best for you today? Are you walking in it? There is a way that seems right to a man, but it's the end thereof is death. 
Proverbs 16.25 Living in the flesh will always minister death to us, and flesh and blood cannot inherit. There is a way that God establishes. In our human, human planning we may experience blessings of a kind, but we also undergo trials, hardships and barrenness that God would have kept from us if we'd followed his way. There is a freshness, a security and exhilaration in God where you can know that God is with you and you are pleasing to him, where you are living under his smile, living to please him, everything for an audience of one. There's a place to reach where all that God has for us can flow through us to a needy and hurting world. There is a place of absolute surrender to our own plans and purposes, to the plans and purposes of God. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29:11. If you read that scripture, you will see it was conditional on one thing, wholeheartedness. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. God had to get Jacob wholehearted and to do that he stripped him of everything dear to him. So he had to cry out for God alone to bless him. So what has your heart today? What stops you from wholeheartedly letting yourself go to him? Who or what is your focus? Who or what has your heart? For Jacob, he was going to meet Esau, whom he cheated out of his inheritance the next day. He sent everything he had on ahead of him. He was stripped of all the trappings of life, all his relationships, wives and children, cattle and goods had gone ahead. He was alone. He knew if he went without God's blessing, he could not meet Esau. If you're disappointed in God, it's because you're not fervent not white hot. God said to Jacob, you aren't hot enough, you're not real enough, you're too ordinary, you're no good to me, unless you're filled with zeal, white hot. So he wrestled him until Jacob was desperate enough to cry out, I won't let you go until you bless me. God ensures that there is sufficient motivation for Jacob to become white hot with zeal for God. He won't have us lukewarm. Jacob was that way. There were so many things that he had which consumed him, but God got his attention until Jacob cried out, I will not let you go until you bless me. And God did. Will you be like Jacob today and allow God to wrestle you until you let go, until you cry to God, I will not let you go until you bless me? If so, be prepared to be rendered powerless, to have your strength taken away from you, to limp away from here totally dependent on God. Sincerity will hold him, dependence will hold him, and weakness will hold him. What changed Jacob into Israel? The holding on, the clinging, the brokenness of spirit. If you don't help me, I'm no good. Jacob obtained the blessing and favour of God because of his yieldedness and surrender. Will you allow the Spirit to bring you to that place of helplessness and surrender that Christ might be all and in all to you today? And the scripture for today, Genesis 32:30, And Jacob called the place, name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life 
is preserved. So the third of our little portion of things to think about is a rule of life. How do you know that you're living as a disciple? What is it precisely that disciples do? How do you know you are one? When does a Christian become Christ-like and how does a Christian become Christ-like? What makes a Christian Christ-like? Why am I saying that? I just think that being a Christian isn't enough. I think that some of us have settled for just being a Christian and have not gone on to become Christ-like. You have to become like Jesus. And the goal of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life is to make us into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that work starts on earth, not when we get to heaven. So what we looked at on the middle day of the week was a rule of life. If you've never heard of those uh, things called a rule of life, let me just give you an example. A rule of life is something that shapes the way you think. It shapes the way you act, and you never act outside of that rule of life, never. All your philosophy, every word, every action is shaped by the rule of life that you live in, and it keeps you out of trouble with God. When I was a young Christian, without realising it, the rule of life that God gave me was no defence, no attack. Which meant that everything was pushed through the sieve of no defence and no attack. Because by definition, if I defend myself, I attack someone else. And then I live with three more words, honesty, integrity and transparency. So that in everything I did, I was honest, I was integrous and I was transparent. And for many years, everything was pushed through that. So you can see what a rule of life is, is simply a little statement through which you push everything. How about Colossians 3.17, making this your rule of life. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus. So everything you do, every situation you come up against, you will let the peace of Christ rule in your heart because you'll be pushing it through doing everything in word or deed in the name of Jesus. My current rule of life is everything for an audience of one. That sounds quite simple, except that it means I've got to be always aware that God watches every thought, every look, every upward glance, every sigh, every touch. But it's good. The Holy Spirit's my tutor. He's your tutor too. You've got a personal trainer and he's there 24-7. If you're not familiar with him, why not uh, get introduced right now and connect with him? Because he's the one that's going to conform you 
into the image of Jesus.